0: Internet, you're tuned into episode 108 of the podcast I'm your host, Pete and Bessie, joined as always by my very good friend, the Master Baker, Mr. Stephen Radford. Hello. <laughs> What's going on, buddy?
1: Nah, yeah, not much. Speaking of baking, I just pulled some before we start recording. I pulled some Japanese milk bread out of the oven, so I'm really excited wow. to see what that's like after uh, after we've we're done recording. What is Japanese milk bread? So it's called. Um, uh, it's you bake it using something called the Hokkaido method, which uses something called a, a tangzhong, uh, which is like a roux, uh, and you make that roux, and then you let that cool, and that's like the starter for the bread. And then you make it instead of using water, you use milk as the base.
0: Ooh, that's interesting.
1: Yeah, meant you to, have be to be let super soft tastes. and fluffy and light. So we'll see if I did it right. <laughs> <laughs>
0: You'll have to check in between this and After Dark and report back. I want to know. Yeah, yeah, I'll, <laughs> let, I'll let you know. Okay, sounds good. Uh, so if you want to hear how Steve's bread uh, turned out, make sure you tune in After Dark this week. Uh, but speaking of this show, welcome to the podcast If this is your first time joining us, the podcast is, of course, Lootpots.com, Lootpots dot, LootPots.com's weekly Nintendo and gaming podcast. There you go, where Steve and I get together and talk about Everything going on in the world of Nintendo and, you know, sometimes the broader world of video games like we will this week. Uh, We have another uh, packed week this week after a a great week of news last week. It feels like, you know, uh, Nintendo already coming alive in 2021. Uh, You know, not they're not. I don't think that they have like come out banging the drum too much. They're not like blowing our hair back with anything yet. But like first two weeks, they've had something to tell us. Every week. So I'm, I'm here for it, you know? Feels like we're off to a good start. Yeah, I might fuck up my predictions, but that's okay. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Either way... Uh, I am excited to dive into it. Before we get into what we're playing this week, let me just real quickly uh, let you guys know where you can find us all around the web. If you do want to uh, connect with the show, of course, you can write in and be part of our MailPot segment, just like a bunch of fine folks did this week. Uh, by coming and joining our Discord, where we've got a podcast channel, you can write in to me at Pete at or you can come follow us on social media, at LoopPots. We're over on Twitter. Uh, we generally throw out a thread asking for questions. We have forgotten to do that uh, the last two weeks. Sorry, Twitter uh, listeners, but uh, of course you can write in all the other ways. There's a ton of ways for you to get in touch with us and and let you know, let us know what you're thinking. Oh, and of course you can go comment on the YouTube channel, right? We've got a new YouTube channel for the podcast. Uh, been up. Since episode 100, so just a couple weeks here, uh, we are trying to grow that, that base over there. So if you're a regular listener of the show, if you enjoy what we do, uh, and even if you don't intend on going and checking out the YouTube edition of the show, I hope you'll just head over there and give us a subscribe, like the video, help us grow, help more people uh, get eyes on the channel. Um, I've seen, every time I've asked, a couple of you go and do it, so I'm going to ask again. Please go take care of it, and uh, we'd really appreciate it. Great way to kick off the new year. And then, of course, if you want to get more content from us, you can head over to uh, the Pot's Prime channel where we've got a great library of video essays. Uh, you can also go check out our Twitch channel where every Thursday we've been streaming. Uh, last week we got down to some more Splatoon 3. I know we are planning to try to get some more Splatoon in this week, probably as well as another new game um, as we try to kind of work our way up yeah, to two nights we need We
1: need to get the, the listeners of the podcast to vote. On the Splatter Day or what was it? Splatter Tuesday was it? Splatter Tuesday, yeah. Or Splatter, Splatter Day.
0: <laughs> Either way. Uh, so yeah, yeah. Come, come check all that stuff out. Come rock with us. Uh, we've been having a great time over there. It's it's been a great way to hang out with the community and. Um, A bunch of members of the community, regular listeners of the show, have been jumping on and streaming with us. We've been streaming with some of our friends, some of the other members of the team. Um, Last week, it was uh, one of our Patreon supporters, Zade, was on the mic. And we also had uh, a couple people jumping in and playing with us, like Affy. And, you know, we had had Chewie Chewie on the mic. Chewie was
1: there saving us, saving our asses. Yeah, um, carrying us. We played some Salmon Run, didn't we?
0: Uh, yeah, so we've been having a really good time over there. We have a lot of plans uh, to keep growing that space and doing more more fun stuff there in 2021. So uh, I hope you'll come be a part of it. I hope you'll come check it all out. And then last but not least, if you want to go above and beyond, if you want to show that you are the realest of the real when it comes to Lou Potts fans, to the Potts heads. Uh, you can head over to patreon.com slash loophods, where for just a buck, you'll get access to our Patreon-exclusive show, After Dark, and you can hear how Steve's bread turned out this week, uh, as well as a lot of other great conversations over there. Last week, we uh, were talking about like some TV that we've been interested in lately, you know, we... Talked about a lot about um, you know some of the other kind of like non Nintendo next gen news there last year. It's always a great place to kind got my, of
1: got my review of uh, Spider Man into the oh Spider-verse. yeah yeah into the
0: Spider Verse. We talked about that like two weeks ago. Um, so it's it's a great place if you want a little bit more of the show in your life. You want a little bit more of us in your RSS feed every week. Uh, it's a great way to support the show, get a little bit of extra, and get us to hear about st- talk about stuff that you wouldn't necessarily get to get on the main show. Um, so I think it's well worth a buck. Everybody who does pay for the show tells us how much they love it. So I hope you'll go check it out. I hope you'll get a little bit of extra Loot Pots in your week and, uh, and help us keep growing, help us keep doing more cool new stuff um, because we are – you know, we're, we're, we're going to come at it hard in 2021, so I, I want you to be there on the ground floor. I want you to be there for the ride so you can get all the cool perks, all the good, all the good goodies. Uh, so go check that stuff out. Show your support. We appreciate it, of course, uh, however you choose to do so. All right. So with that, let's jump into what we've been playing this week. Uh, Steve, you only have Splatoon 2 on this list. I, I also do, played yeah. some Splatoon 2 this week with you. Um, have not played uh solo like i planned on yet not, not played
1: the Splatfest yet oh you're gonna miss it if you don't play soon
0: yeah i don't i haven't had too much time and most of the free time i had i, I did pop into uh horizon i think i mentioned the last couple weeks i've been kind of doing my replay of horizon uh took a break from that for cyberpunk jump back into it i was already almost done so i was kind of just like clearing out side quests and getting ready to go do the the final mission uh, last week I did complete the campaign and then now I'm working through the DLC, The Frozen Wilds, which I've actually never played before. Um, so this is like uh, basically a new Horizon campaign for me um, years later here. Uh, and it's it's a lot more robust than I thought it was going to be. Like it's surprisingly um, – it's like a big new chunk of the map. There's a lot to do there. There's a lot of new side quests. And uh, the actual like story of it is like – Longer than I think I thought it would be. Like it's actually got like a pretty solid three act structure. Um, and I'm like moving into the third act now, so I think I'm probably pretty close to the end of my time with it again. And I was kind of thinking like, mm, do I want to keep playing? Do I want to maybe like do like a quick new game plus run and just skip all the cutscenes? Like, but I don't know. I think I think I'm gonna just put it down when I'm done because, um, Persona Five Strikers is like right around the corner. And uh, actually earlier today, my buddy Jack, uh, who was like my best friend in college and who I did my, my first uh, gaming podcast with actually, he reached out to me and was telling me that he finished Demon Souls and he wanted me to borrow it and like see how I felt about it because he's like, look, I, I'm sure – like I know you don't like Souls games. Like I don't know that this one's going to change your mind, but I'm done with it. So if you want to swing by and pull it out of my mailbox this week someday, like let me know and like give it a shot, right? What do you have to lose? So I think I'm going to just kick the tires on it and, like, see how I feel about it. I don't see myself getting into it. I'm not a fan of Souls games generally, but... Um, I feel like
1: the one you might get into would be Sekiro.
0: Because it's think? kind
1: of that similar to Ghost of Shoshima. It's kind of mm-hmm. in style. Similar setting
0: anyway. I know it's more story-based than the other ones are too. Yeah, um, yeah I don't know, like... I've always kind of wanted to like push through my natural distaste for them and try to finish one just so I could like have the experience and see like if it wins me over or anything like that. But I don't know. Every time I've tried, it's just really like not jived with me. But um, Demon Souls was a game I was interested in. It being the only like proper PS5 exclusive. Like I kind of want to just put, put hands on it, you know, and like see how it feels. Um, so the fact that I get to do it for free and like I've got, kind of this like four week gap while i'm waiting for strikers anyway i figure Fits why not, in with right? your
1: frugal budget as well for yeah it plays
0: right into that that frugal i don't want to buy new games <laughs> but i sure want to play new games so um so yeah i'm gonna give that a shot i'll talk about that next week but i imagine i'll be done with horizon by the next time we sit down um it's been great going back to it i definitely think if you haven't played it yet especially if you're like you know, um, a new PS5 owner, and you're looking for something to play, highly recommend checking it out. I know uh, Affy, who's uh, a regular listener, writes into the show all the time. Um, he actually started playing it recently and was kind of tweeting about how, you know, the opening hadn't really grabbed him and he was struggling with it. And, you know, he's like, what, what should I do? And I, I replied and was like, look, play it for like another, like, you know, you've just gotten past the tutorial. Play for the same amount of time you've already played. And if you're not into it by then, like, god bless you know you gave it you gave it the old college try and he actually reached out to me and was like i'm so glad you recommended that because like a few hours past where i was like it makes all the difference i'm more used to it now like all the systems are starting to click together and like i'm getting the flow of combat more um so i mean i think it's a game that like if you tried it and you bounced off of it or you just never got around to it in all the breath of the wild hype it absolutely holds up in 2021 And it looks and plays great on PS5. And you can get like the whole bundle for like twenty dollars now or fifteen bucks now. Isn't it
1: in the PS Plus collection as well?
0: It isn't. I don't know why it's not, but it isn't. Oh well that's wild.
1: It kind of feels like it should be. They've put the Uncharted collection in there and Uncharted 4. Why would they not put Horizon? Especially with Horizon. God of War is newer. Well, and Horizon 2's out this year. You'd think they'd want to hype that up and just say, oh, yeah, Horizon 2's coming out. Let's here. Have have the first game. Get through this and see how you feel. And
0: buy the sell DLC. the second
1: one. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I thought it was super weird. Because I actually loaned my copy to um, one of my bandmates, Caleb, when he was looking for a new game to play. And then I was like, oh, I'll just play it on the, the PlayStation collection when I decided I wanted to play it. And then it wasn't there. I was like, oh no! So I had given him three games at once, and he started playing Outer Worlds. So I was like, so you gonna play those other two games? <laughs> he's like, no. And I was like, all right, bring back Horizon. I don't keep the other one, but <laughs> I don't even remember what it was at this point. But uh, but um, yeah. I don't know. I'm really glad I went back to it before too. Um, there were a lot of things about it that I didn't I didn't remember super well. You know, like just like kind of some of the intricacies of the story. And, like, things that I think will actually come up into, um, Okay. There were things like that that I kind of had forgotten or that, like... I remembered the broad strokes of the past story that they establish. Um, but there was, like, kind of, like, a part to it. Like, a key part of the end of it that I was like, oh, yeah. Like, I totally forgot this whole wrinkle and that, like, it played out this way. And um, so it was cool. It was, like, definitely... Uh, a lot of the experience felt fresh again because it's three years removed. Um, and the stuff that I did remember held up to my memory of it, which is not always the way that going back to an old game works. Uh, yeah. So, Yeah. Shout oh, out
1: to I, I, I kind of feel, though, why some people who got into the Breath of the Wild hype might struggle with it because I remember playing this game and Breath of the Wild at the same time. Mm-hmm. and feeling that Breath of the Wild felt so much more open. And I think a lot of that was just the glider, and I really hope they address that in Horizon 2 and make it feel like the world is more open. You can climb anywhere. You haven't just got to look for some yellow paint that's the holds kind in of thing, a specific yeah. place and, and make it feel a lot more like Breath of the Wild. And I, can, I kind of think that's where most open world games are going.
0: I think it depends, because, like, I don't know. I... I agree with that on some level. Like I, I think that there are lessons from Breath of the Wild that every open world game can learn from. Um, but I don't think that every game needs to ape its traversal and stuff like that. Like playing them at the same time, I I remember feeling frustrated by that, which is why I stopped playing them at the same time and I was like, I'm going to finish Horizon and then go back to Breath of the Wild. Um But I don't know, like I don't to me, the goals of those games are so different. Right, like I think, like people to look some at... extent.
1: Like I actually feel that they're very similar. You kind of have the dungeons in Horizon, which are those like machine factories. I can't remember what they call them.
0: Yeah, the um... and they kind of
1: feel like the same as the shrines. And you're you're looking around and you're exploring to find those in Horizon, which very much feels like that exploration that you need to do in Breath of the Wild that you also need to do in in Horizon.
0: Yeah, but to me, like I think, I think. um I think comparing those games too closely is painting with a broad brush. Like, I I think, I think that as gamers, um, you know, because like there, there are so many very, very well established genres in video games, right? Like video games is very much like a genre medium, you know, when you uh, are trying to sell a person on a game, you're like, it's a third person open world action. (laughs) And you're like, I have an idea of what that means. Right. But like, in my mind, Breath of the Wild and Horizon are both third-person open-world action games, right? But, like, they're very different. Like, the point of Breath of the Wild is exploration, it's discovery, it's solving puzzles, it's, um, you know, it's, it's that aha moment and having that again and again and, again and again and again and again and again and again and again. And, like, Horizon isn't about that, right? Horizon is about a story with two narratives and exploring those two narratives and how they interweave. It's about the combat and it's about how there are, you know, what, like 30 some odd different enemy types that range in difficulty. Each one has a different strategy that you need to employ to defeat it properly. You know, there are all these different weapons that you need to balance and learn like, what are the weapons that I like to use? What are the strategies that I like to employ to take out certain kinds of machines? And like kind of, getting into that flow of it you know and like Mm -hmm. i don't think breath of the wild is about its combat right if you ask me what's the like least interesting part of breath of the wild i'd probably say it's combat yeah Um, i think that's the
1: weakest the weakest part right and it's story
0: and the strongest part of horizon are its combat and its story um so to me like breath of the wild is a game that's really about systems and i think horizon's more a game that's about like It's a little bit more of that classic, like, it's an open-world game, but it has that linear structure of, like, go here and do this thing, and then that will, like, get you to the next beat in the story, and, Mm -hmm. like, that'll get you to the next beat in the next bigger challenge. And, like, it, it is more about kind of, like, that procedural growth of your character, too, which is not really a thing in Breath of the Wild. Like, you get better gear, but you don't get better stats. You don't get new abilities, right? You kind of get a toolbox, and you learn how to use that toolbox. Um So I think that's, like, we got on this whole side thing about this now, but I think that is kind of the interesting dichotomy when you do dissect them, is that, like, I think there's only so much Horizon can learn from Breath of the Wild before it stops being Horizon and starts trying to be something else. Maybe, but I think people said that about Breath of the Wild itself, is that it
1: took a lot from other franchises. Like, say, for example, the Towers are straight out of, like, Far Cry. You unlock mm-hmm. the tower, unlocks an area of the map, and a lot of people—I I, I mean, that were huge fans of the original games—have have said it's a very, very like far shoot from what Zelda originally was, which was linear. You do this, then you do this, then you do this, then you do this, and it's, it's essentially... just funny because
0: like that's not what Zelda originally was. It's what Ocarina of Time was, I know. and because you're 28 or something, that's, you what think that that's what people grow up Zelda with, yeah. is, but it's not right? Like this game is more like the original legend of Zelda than Ocarina of time is. I know. And I, and I like that. And it's more, a lot
1: more like I would say link to the past than any of the others. And you can see that from like the 2d demo that they did to, to try and yeah. um, like figure out what the, the systems would be in the game. But I, I, I hope that horizon Two takes some things from breath of the wild. And, and I think the, the number one thing I want is that glider, or the ability yeah. to, when I'm up high, get down quicker than traversing down again. You know and what's they the thing did? I hope that they-, they did put like zip lines in place, like they always do in that kind yeah. of game. But you, you kind of just want uh, that that sense of freedom that you got with Breath of the Wild. Of like, it's the reward of I've climbed up high, I've got all the way up to the top, and now my reward is I get to open up my glider and I get to fly all the way down
0: anywhere. Yeah. Um, the thing, I think we talked about this once on the show, uh, something I, I think would be a great way to kind of answer that problem, uh, in a way that feels more horizon than Breath of the Wild would just be to advance, like, you know how there's the whole thing where, like, you can, like, take over the machines, just, like, have there be some kind of flying one that you can ride. Yeah. Yeah. And just, like, be able to, like... Get a skill where you do the whistle and like a flying. Mouse yeah, because you get that. You can just... the, like
1: you, you, get the whistle that you can um, get the like horse style one. Yeah, and it you? just shows up. Yeah,
0: yeah, just like give me that same ability with something that can fly. Sold. Yeah. Anyway, I'll, I'll be down for that. Um, Horizon rules, and I can't wait to play the second one. I hope it comes out. <laughs> <for sure. laughs> Whenever that may be. Fingers crossed. I think it'll come in 2021. I really do. I think I think it'll come out this year and God of War will get pushed. That's my prediction right now.
1: Well, I think something's getting pushed because did you see that at the CES, that uh, like they put out the CES sizzle reel and it had like mm-hmm. dates at the end in fine print. they like took them all out. Where they also misspelled January. And then, yeah, they they like they then took them down from the YouTube video that they, they got put up. So funny.
0: Yeah, I, I definitely think, I think we're going to see some delays but you know they there was that whole rumor about how the first year of the PlayStation 5 was supposed to rival the first year of the Switch so they have to have something in the chamber all right so let's jump into the news uh so this first one comes from uh Matt Piscatella, who we have um talked about a few times he's the executive director and um video game industry advisor of the NPD group um so he's always talking about video game sales numbers and, you know, kind of analyzing and, you know, prognosticating and all that good stuff. Uh, Great source. He's come up on the show a few times in the past. So he um, put out his kind of annual – video game spending trends for the United States. Um, he does this every year, and there's always a lot of really interesting data to pull away from it. The thing that is relevant to our conversation this week um, takes us back to a topic we've actually touched on a couple times this year, kind of about how well the Switch has been selling and what is kind of the the long-term you know, ceiling for that, right? Like, is it going to, to compete with the Wii? Is it going to become one of the best-selling consoles of all time, um, and it seems like it, it very well may. Uh, so in his kind of thread, which we'll link to in the show notes if you want to check it out for yourself um one of the the tweets was usnpd hardware nintendo switch was the best-selling hardware platform in units and dollars for both december and the 2020 year annual dollar sales of switch hardware were the second highest for a platform in u.s history only the 2008 dollar sales of the nintendo wii were higher
1: what came out in 2008 on the Wii that everyone was hyped for
0: I think that was just still early enough in the Wii's life cycle that it might have been... Because that's like two years after the Wii came out. Yeah, but think about it. The Maybe whole it first the year point. that the Wii existed, you couldn't no, could find get it one. anywhere. Yeah. You know? Um, I'm th- I'm Googling Wii games. right, Mario Kart.
1: Yeah, there you go. That it, that's what it is. There you go.
0: Actually, uh, Brawl and City Folk also came out that year. Okay, that's so a pretty big year up.
1: then for the Wii, Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it's fascinating, though, that his second tweet, like the, the tweet directly after this in the thread, is that the PS5 finished 2020 is the second best-selling console in terms of dollars, but the PS4 was second in terms of units. So the Switch outsold both of them in terms of dollars and units, which is fascinating, I think.
0: Which, I mean, it's, it is fascinating, but I think it also makes sense. Right, like we talked about how Nintendo was poised to clean up this year because there's a finite number of next-gen consoles. And, you know, if they sell every unit, that's still only like 5 million units, whereas, yeah. you know, the Switch has been selling all year. And there's no split, right? It's not uh, 75% of the year they're selling PS4, and then the last two months, not even 75 for 90%. Uh, and then like the last two months of the year, it's like, ah, PS5 and uh, now there's none of them. You can't get one even mm-hmm. if you want one.
1: So like I, I think this is probably going to be the only like I think this year it's going to be very different and it's mainly going to be next gen sales as probably. they come more and more back in stock. I and mean, unless Nintendo pulls it out of the bag and gives us some new consoles.
0: Yeah, if they have the Pro and and it's a, an appealing unit, um you could probably see them keep up at least.
1: Yeah, and if Breath of the Wild 2 comes out and uh we've got Pokemon Snap and who knows what else is, is in the bag?
0: Yeah. Yeah, they, they've got a lot they can still kind of leverage, I think, to to push things forward if they need to. But, um, yeah, I think the fact that the Switch sold that much, right? The, that last sentence, annual dollar sales of Switch hardware were the second highest for a platform in U.S. history, only behind the Wii in 2008. Uh, I think that's really interesting, right? Because you think about the Wii in 2008 – it has all those titles that we just called coming out that year, which are the three best-selling titles on the Wii, I'm pretty sure. Um, Apart from for, sports, but that doesn't count. True, right. That's back in. Um, so keep that in mind, right? Killer apps to sell it that year. Uh, it's also two years into the life cycle of a console that was impossible to find for basically the first year it was on the market. Um, so that's like still a hot item with hot software, this year, the Switch is three years old. It's not been hard to come by for a while. And it only had Animal Crossing. And it still sold that well. So, like, this year, if it does have a lot of really hot stuff, like, you know, you have Pokemon Snap. You have maybe a Breath of the Wild 2. You have, you know, uh, Bowser's Fury, which we'll talk about later. Like, all that stuff to really, like, push it. I don't know, man. Like, it, it could be another really strong year for them, especially if next-gen supply lines uh, continue to struggle. Like, if it is a while before the PS5 is available, like, you've got Q1 where, like, Nintendo could just keep cleaning up. And even if it's a soft year later in the year, like, they don't need to be the best-selling console every year, you know? (laughs) Yeah, that's true. I mean,
1: I'd love to see the breakdown on which ones of these were Switch lights, which ones of these were Switch... Which ones are these? Like, what bundle sold the best? Were these, like, the Mario Kart bundles?
0: Uh, So this was another little bit I thought was interesting. Uh, Animal Crossing New Horizons was 2020's third best-selling title and the sixth best-selling game of December. In 2020, the title achieved the highest physical dollar sales for a Nintendo-published game in a calendar year since Wii Fit Plus in 2010. (laughs)
1: <laughs> did you see it on amazon's bestseller list for video games it animal crossing was in there the physical version but also animal crossing the digital edition was also ranked in there it was like number two and number five or something it was ridiculous
0: that's amazing uh something i also thought was funny what do you think the second most popular um nintendo thing was nintendo th- what video game like yeah game Mario Behind, Kart? It was Mario Kart. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: Somehow. Still. because like, you, you think about what you get when you get a Switch. Everyone wants Mario Kart. You pick that yeah. up regardless. For sure.
0: It's just weird. Anyway. Yeah. What's that, like um, an
1: eight-year-old game now?
0: Yes. Somehow still a bestseller every year. I don't know how (laughs) there are still people left that don't own the game is my question. And and
1: how they're still charging $60 eight years later. They've never reduced the the price ever.
0: Yo, whatever. They don't depreciate in value. (laughs) It's gold. When you print gold, it just stays gold. Anyway, uh, great sales again from Nintendo this year. Uh, you love to see it. You love to see the Switch succeeding. You love to see it connecting with people. Uh, All right. So we also got uh, the pre-orders go live this week for Scott Pilgrim uh, versus the world, the game, um, for Switch and PS4. Uh, But the Switch version of it became uh, Limited Run's biggest selling release ever. Uh, They had... 25,000 copies of Scott Pilgrim on Switch sold in less than three hours, which is just wild.
1: It's mad. And it's mad to me that Ubisoft decided
0: not to just publish this themselves. I mean, they don't have the infrastructure to make something like this, I don't think. Like the collector's really, edition, you of really it all. don't think
1: they could have just made the traditional version and then gone to someone like Limited Run or im Eight Bit to do the special editions. Yeah, but like, why? Because they sold twenty five thousand copies in three hours, and they like, st- I think and they're still getting the money. I know. You know? Well,
0: true. You know what I mean? Like, it's like whatever. There's it's still it's like a thing that's been sitting and collecting dust for like fifteen years. And like they probably made a bunch of money on this, and it's like, oh yeah, right, that thing, cool. Is anyone who worked on that even still around? No, they're all dead now. <laughs> um So I did actually have a little bit of news there Uh that I thought was really interesting. So so uh last night um I got a call from uh from my best friend and uh he So okay, there's like a preface to this story. Uh I got a package from him yesterday. So okay. years and years ago uh, I, I, there's this comic series called why the last man. Um, that's one of my, my favorite comics. And I had the entire thing in a hardcover collection. Um, like when I was like 20 or something like that. And it was expensive to get cause I was broke. Um, and it was, you know, 50 bucks a book or whatever. And I had this whole set, love this book. I let him borrow it. Uh, and then I let his, um, girlfriend at the time borrow it. And then they break up, and I was like, hey, don't forget to get my book back. And then she says that she doesn't have the book, never never had the book, lies about it, and steals it, lost it, whatever it is, right? So he promises he's going to get me this book back. He's been getting me one of these books, like, every year for years, and then he forgot about it for several years. So it's been, like, over a decade since this happened, and he just got me the last book. So he called me to, like, talk about it, and then he was like, also – you know, so like did you see that they uh, you know they're they're re-releasing the Scott Pilgrim game? And I was like, Yeah, <laughs> yeah, of course. And he's like, Cool. So uh like are you are you if you were gonna get it, like what platform like would you get it on? Like did you get it? You know, and he's like fishing around and I was like, Yeah, I mean I was you know, I was gonna get the I was gonna get the physical version of the dude and he's like, Yeah? Oh, okay, well, I, I want to buy this for you for your birthday, but it's not coming until, like, the fall. Is that okay? So he's getting me the crazy, like, $140, the KO wow. edition that has, like, the music box and the drumsticks and, like, all this other crazy shit. And I'm so excited. Oh, that's so <laughs> cool. I definitely didn't think I was going to be able to get it. I'm so stoked.
1: That's Snickers. awesome
0: get all these pins <laughs> that's the one that opens up like a stage right yeah and it's like a music box yeah, and it plays on a monoguchi so cool. songs and then there's also like a book uh like about like the making of it and everything and you know did you watch yeah, that? i think they did a twitch stream earlier this week did you watch that they did i couldn't catch it um i was uh i was at work unfortunately um, but they're, they're apparently putting it up on their YouTube channel. And if you support Anamanaguchi on Patreon, you can, um, oh, that's cool. you can check it out early. So it's funny now that he got it, I'm like, okay, cool. Like, is there any of the other stuff they're doing that I want to get? Like they have a switch case. Do I get the switch case?
1: <laughs> I was looking at this on the eShop yesterday and I was thinking I should buy it because I know you said there was a multiplayer mode. That we yes. could play, but yeah. If yours isn't coming is till if yours ain't coming till autumn, then I'll probably wait because I have no relationship with this game, this movie, this comic book series whatsoever. I know it's nothing about it. It's just you <laughs> and everyone telling me it's one of the best like movie tie in games of all time. Oh but yeah, I have. I've never ever
0: watched the movie, so I. I mean, hey, I haven't steered you wrong yet. You should, you should watch it really good. I should watch it, yeah. It's a great movie. Are you familiar with um like do you like Edgar Wright? No idea who that is. Um you know uh uh, uh oh my god what what are their names? Oh my god the that I'm the really famous British comedy duo oh, Sean of the, the Dead the, Yeah Sean of the Dead and it's what's his name Simon what, Peck and then and his friend the other Nick guy Trust Nick Frost, yeah. Simon Pegg and Nick Frost work with him a lot. Like, uh, Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz. um, I'm trying to think of what else. They've done, like, three or four. World's End. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think that's another one that that he was on as well. Uh, But he also did, like, Baby Driver. um, Is that the one with um, uh, the guy with the face?
1: What's his name? The guy with the face? (laughs) The one that everyone thinks is attractive, but I just don't see it. Who's in, uh, uh, fuck, what's he in? Uh, La La Land? What's his name? Oh, oh, oh,
0: oh, um, who the fuck is in La La Land now? It's, it's Emma Jesus. Stone and what's his name? I, this, yeah, exactly. The guy, guy with the face. Yeah, I can't think of his name. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan Gosling. Uh, yeah, yeah, Ryan Gosling. Yeah, he's in Baby Driver, right? I think so. I think. I don't know. doesn't matter. Edgar Wright's great. Scott Pilgrim's amazing. No, no, he's in Drive. That is different. Yeah. Very okay. different film. <laughs> you should check it out. It's my it's my pitch for Scott Pilgrim. I'm really excited to play the game. I'm going to be waiting quite a bit, okay, but may- it'll be worth maybe it.
1: We, maybe we do like a thing then where we watch the movie, we play the game. We do like a little bit of a After Dark special about Scott sure. Pilgrim.
0: You don't have to sell me twice. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, All right, so let's jump into uh, the next story. This one uh, is an interesting, interesting little development. So uh, fans of Star Wars will recall uh, that back in 2013, uh, EA signed an exclusive deal uh, to make Star Wars games for 10 years. So it was supposed to go until 2023, and... uh, it seems, you know, here we are, the year of our Lord, 2021. That deal is coming to a close. And uh, we are starting to see Lucasfilm kind of expand out a little bit um, and explore their options. So, I'm very excited. Yeah, I'm very excited by this news. Um, You know, uh, say what you will about EA. Like, we did get, you know... um, Fallen order from respawn, which is which is tight. Like not not like nothing good came from there. Their Rogue Squadron. With, people,
1: people think Rogue Squadron's great.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so it's it's not so that there was nothing good that came from EA's time with the with the license, but I also think that, um, <laughs> that you'd be hard to pressed. <laughs> yeah, you'd be hard pressed to find someone who is happy that they're the only ones allowed to work with it. And like, there's so many ways you could see it, you know, um, being applied to other. Studios and, and other other kinds of genre and everything that I think are exciting. Um, but the reason we're bringing this up, right, is that we got news that um, that Ubisoft uh, is going to be working on a new Star Wars game. Um, it's going to be the studio uh, massive. So um,
1: very happy behind the division.
0: Yeah, I was going to say best known for the division and the division two. Uh, there is kind of the talk that it's going to be like an open world kind of experience game. Um, no word on if it'll be single player or like a live service thing like Division or whatever. But I think it's live service. So Jeff Grubb was tweeting about this and saying
1: that it's very interesting that they've gone to Ubisoft for this because Disney really want that that like live game like um, Destiny 2 co- sure. style thing. Uh, and EA either just don't have the ability to do it or aren't willing to do it. Uh, and yeah, we've it seen that like, with Anthem... Support anthem and yeah Yeah. that
0: didn't go well and yeah i'm not surprised um and then this also kind of uh connected to this right the lucasfilm game story was that there's a new indiana jones game coming uh from machine games and bethesda of course machine games best known for wolfenstein uh the new wolfenstein series um i mean huge huge news uh exciting the thing that I think is interesting is a lot of people were taking this to be um, that the contract had been broken, that the license was being taken away from EA, that it's not my interpretation of events. No, um, me
1: neither. I see that these games are coming out in two years' time once that exactly. contract is over. Exactly. They're announcing them now because they're
0: in early development. Yeah. Right. So I, I think uh, the the dr- drama around the story is, is misinterpretation. It's much to do about nothing. Um, but the story itself, the news itself, very exciting, very interesting. Um, definitely more interested in the Indiana Jones game from Machine Games than I am oh, from too. the Massive title. Um, I like Ubisoft games fine. Like We both like Far Cry. Um, I know you were enjoying Watch Dogs earlier well, this Well, Massive year, like...
1: were behind Far Cry 3, so it's... Oh,
0: <laughs> I didn't realize that it was that team. Okay, all right, now I'm back in. Because tell me it's not a live service game and it's by them and I'm that's very exciting. Um, if we get like a proper like first person shooter like story driven in the star style of like Far Cry but in the Star Wars universe, yes, <laughs> yes, I'll take that all day. Uh, but Bethesda uh, and Machine Games working on Indiana Jones I think is even more interesting. Um, Machine Games obviously shown that they know how to make, like, a solid first-person... Or not even necessarily first-person, but, like, a a solid single-player, story-driven action title. Um, So that, in and of itself, I think is exciting. But also, the fact that they were able to take Wolfenstein, which is this, like, you know... It's this iconic, historic video game brand and kind of breathe new life into it and make it relevant again. The idea of them doing that with Indiana Jones is something I actually would really like to see. Um, I love Indiana Jones. It is an IP that, like... I know that Disney and Lucasfilm want to bring back and make relevant again in some way, and I just don't know how you do that, Um I, know I don't know how you do point. it
1: with a movie, but I think you can do it with a video game because Indiana exactly. Jones is Harrison Ford, unfortunately. And unless you start that story from scratch and you kind of say, we're rebooting it and it's no longer yeah. going to be Harrison Ford and it's a new person playing Indiana Jones. That's the only way I can see you do it because that movie with Shia LaBeouf where they got him involved, it was it was shockingly bad. It was, bad. It was dreadful. Yeah.
0: And I know uh, there's talk of them doing that again and I don't want oh, that. Oh, God. No, I, I, I just leave
1: Harrison Ford alone. Like, just let the man just enjoy his retirement. Stop just rolling him out for these these cameos in movies that from years gone by.
0: Like, I would I would much rather see them just do something new. You know, like just tell a new Indiana Jones story. Like, do do like what they did with like the Young Indiana Jones series, which is just like, oh, it's just stories from other points in his life when he's younger. It's different. It's different actor, different voice. Doesn't look like Harrison Ford. Doesn't sound like Harrison Ford. That's okay. Yeah, that's that's that. what I'd love, and
1: and I think I think they could easily do that with someone just taking up the gauntlet of Indiana Jones. They could even do it as in it's after Indiana's like the original Indiana Jones is like passed away and he's like taking up the you just Say
0: that it's Indiana Jones and just give him a different voice and just come in. Yeah. you know, like we get used to it. You know, it's not a movie; it's a video game. Like I don't expect it to be Harrison Ford. You know,
1: mm-hmm. did you ever play Indiana Jones and the Emperor's Tomb on Xbox?
0: No, I've heard it's really good
1: though. Oh my god, I loved that game so much. I've been waiting for this for years and like Uncharted filled that hole for a long while. Yeah. But I am so now ready Uncharted's for it gone. to be Indiana Jones. And yeah. I really hope it's set in that period though. Like where I can go and shoot some Nazis in the face and yeah, still. I very much stuff.
0: want it to be a period piece. Like it's I think that's important. Um and I was actually gonna bring that up. I was gonna say Machine Games obviously knows how to make a game about killing Nazis. Yeah. So <laughs> I remember when there was like that whole. I, do you remember that, like in the the marketing of Wolfenstein too, where they were like, "We don't think it's controversial to say that it's cool to kill Nazis." Like, here's our game about killing Nazis. Yeah. So I'm just like, yeah, let's fucking go. Like, <laughs> just give, give me, give me a game where I can just punch the fuck out of some Nazis and find some <laughs> artifacts.
1: <laughs> it's fascinating to me though that they still have to take the swastikas out in Germany
0: to sell that game there. Yeah, I mean. I, Germany's very sensitive about it, I get it. I can understand why. <laughs> They're like, look guys, we promise we're on top of this. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. So yeah, I'm I'm really excited by this news. Uh, I love Star Wars, love Lucasfilm. Um, Lucasfilm Games has a, a really, you know, vibrant history of, of great great releases. Um, both related to their IP and not, you know? Um, I I
1: hope they rejuvenate some of the LucasArts games because, but I'm kind of feeling that they won't because they didn't call it LucasArts. They call it Lucasfilm games. Like Monkey Island, for example, bring that back. It could still happen. Yeah, it would be nice. I I just don't think it does. And I'd also love to see Disney doing something with their other IP, like make a studio that makes Disney games or make a studio that just makes Marvel games.
0: See, I I actually don't want them to do that. I want I want to see Lucasfilm Games and Disney Games uh follow Marvel's example. I think like what Marvel Games is doing right now is is a hundred percent the right tact. Where like you take the IP and you farm it out to the best developers. Yeah, yeah, that's in the what world. I
1: want. But I want a I want a label that manages it that is responsible for putting these games out, like Lucasfilm Games is. Well, I mean, like that that's they what are Marvel the ones that like I'm handle s- it.
0: Yeah, that's what Marvel games is. And to me, like, that's what this looks like they're doing, right? Because it's like, oh, what's the new news? We have a game at Ubisoft and we have a game at Bethesda. Like, I'd be very I think happy that's with the way that. you
1: do it. Yeah, that's that's definitely the way to do it. And they just need to bring back Disney Interactive. Do do me some more Toy Story games. I'll be very, very happy with that.
0: I think there's, like, a huge untapped market for, like, actually well-made Disney games. <laughs> yeah, You know? Some of the most valuable IP in the world. Uh, speaking of some of the most valuable IP in the world, let's talk some more about (laughs) Cyberpunk 2077. So, uh, since, since we last talked about Cyberpunk, um, which doesn't feel like it was that long ago, but also feels like it was a million years ago. I don't even know. Time is meaningless now. I think it was like Uh, two weeks
1: ago when you finished the thing.
0: I know. It was not that long ago. Um, we, we've got more new news about it, unfortunately. So, uh... Earlier this week, Cyberpunk uh, made a, or I should say, CD Projekt Red made an official apology about Cyberpunk. Um, There is a page on their their website, uh, Cyberpunk.net, which is called "Our Commitment," and uh, our commitment to quality, I guess I should say. And there's there's kind of an open letter to gamers. They had a video attached uh, from one of the uh, the co founders of the studio, um, as well as like a timeline that they presented on kind of, like, what's going on. Like, they have the three hotfixes uh, that were discussed last year. Um, you know, two or I'm sorry, the two hotfixes that were done last year, the two patches that we had planned for January and February, and they talked about, like, the timeline for the free DLC that they promised us, as well as the free next-gen console update, which isn't coming until late 2021, apparently. Um, yeah, I can see that getting pushed sure yeah I mean right we'll see what happens right so I mean there, there was all this um, update here this week uh, and then there was uh finally I think the thing that a lot of us had been waiting for uh Jason Schreier's deep dive on on the on the story um, over at Bloomberg uh, inside cyberpunk 2077's disastrous rollout um, he spoke with over 20. Uh, current and former employees at the studio, and um, you know a lot of information that came from that article, um, some of which is is pretty damning, uh, which we'll we'll talk about. And then, kind of final, uh, the final update on the timeline, and then we can kind of get into the specifics. Was um, Adam Badowski, uh, who is the head of CD Projekt Red, uh, replied to Jason's article? And um, kind of responded to uh, each of the major criticisms that Jason's article uh, established. And I think kind he of, missed
1: a bunch. And and Jason said so as well on basically on Twitter that he like he said he, CD he didn't to Crunch not,
0: or any of that stuff.
1: Yeah, he said he chose not to uh, respond to specific questions or make uh, Adam Bodowski available to for, uh, to interview for our article. It's interesting to see these comments arriving now.
0: Right, yeah, and you can see actually um, on the the tweet, he said, I've read your piece and tweets. Thank you for the read. I have some thoughts. And then he replied to what he replied to. And then Jason replied and said, Adam, I appreciate the responses, as I'm sure you're aware. The team declined to respond to my specific questions or provide an interview before the article went live. But if you'd like to give your perspective on the topics you didn't cover here, I'd be happy to chat anytime. So uh, obviously messy again, right? They They have this kind of... You know uh, this apology that got a lot of criticism. Jason finally gives gives his deep dive article that we all knew was coming, that we all knew he was probably digging for for the last eight weeks or so, and then Adam, you know, has this this kind of I'd say tone deaf response. Um, oh, massively! While no one at the studio participated in the article, right? So, um. And I'll even give Adam, right? I think some of the things that he says in their defense are fair. Um, but it's also like, okay, so participate in the article, right? Like, offer your comments um, before it goes to
1: Yeah, and, and after the fact, Jason's apologized and said that his take on the language thing, because in CD Project Red Studio, like, uh, English is is mandated. You have to speak English in all the meetings. So you have to speak English in the office. In any uh, and- official... Uh, yes, like if you're capacity. like having
0: lunch with a co-worker and you're both speaking your native language that's fine it's like if an english speaker who's a co-worker comes and enters a work conversation you're supposed to immediately yeah. switch to english and and establish what you're talking about so they can be involved
1: yeah which i think is fair they see english as their like global language because they've got people i think it was from say uh 15 different countries i think yeah. adam said in his his response um but Jason said he regrets even including that in the piece because it's such a minor thing and everyone seems and been to be honing in on it. Uh, yeah, which it, which it totally has. Well, I want to go back to the original um, kind of response, the commitment to quality. There's a few things that really rubbed me the wrong way. Number one was the fact that they seem to be pinning a lot of the blame on the QA team. And the fact that um, they said uh, one of the questions was, didn't you test on old gen consoles to keep tabs on the experience? And the response was, we did. As it turned out, our testing did not show many of the crashes you experienced while playing the game. And as we got closer to launch, we saw significant improvements each day. And we really believe we deliver in the final Day Zero update. I do not believe for one second that the QA team did not find the problems that everyone yeah, encountered as soon as they booted it up.
0: That that's that has to be misinformation. Um yeah. As someone who played forty hours of the game and and ruled credits on it, like there the problems are immediate. Like there's no way that the QA team didn't find these things, acknowledge them, and report them, and then they were ignored.
1: Yeah, like that's clearly and, what
0: happened. And
1: then Jason responded to that on twitter and said in the wake of yesterday's cd project video i think it's worth noting that qa testers get paid the least 12 to 15 dollars if they're lucky much less in poland and someone replied who was a qa tester there and said it's three to five dollars an hour is the going rate for cd uh, cdpr in qa um and jason said yep that matches what i've heard one person told me they're making only 400 dollars a month as a qa tester at cd project red right and they're pinning so, it seems like they're pinning a lot of the blame onto them and i know that right at the at the beginning um the the co-founder uh Marcin I- Iwinski, said that uh he takes the blame the board takes the blame for it But it really doesn't feel like that. And the other thing that really rubbed me the wrong way in the response was a question that they knew was going to come up, which was, are you making the team crunch to work on the patches? And the response was, the team is working to bring relevant fixes to the game without any obligatory overtime, which we know from Jason's article that it basically is obligatory. Even if you say, I don't want to do it. The response, I think, was, well, one of your team members is going to have to do it. So it makes you feel like shit.
0: Yeah, there was a specific example that Jason pulled from the article in his thread of tweets, and that was the example that somebody had expressed that they did not want to work overtime, and they were like, "That's fine, but your coworkers will have to do it to compensate for the fact that you won't." So, sure, maybe it's not mandatory, but like you're not being a team player, right? You're not you're leaving your coworkers to pick up slack that you're not you're refusing to not do and you know, that doesn't make you wrong for making that decision, but it sure isn't. Um, you're not allowed to make that decision of your own free will, right? Like you're being coerced into doing it um, because yeah. otherwise, and also it could, it could lead to you not having job security, right? Like that's the thing that always gets brought up in these conversations. If, if you're not the one who's willing to go and sit and do the extra time, like maybe there's not a job for you on the other side of that, you know? Yeah.
1: Cause there are no doubt someone else will, unfortunately.
0: And, and at the end of, development cycles people get fired that's what happens you know they scale up for the busy portion they get rid of people for the the slow portion you know like that's how game development often ebbs and flows so um it makes sense right so so yeah i i i didn't particularly think the the response
1: they had was was either enough and I think it came too late, but the timeline was stuff that we already knew anyway. This should have come out week one when all the issues arose, basically saying, this is what we're going to do to fix it and have the CEO come out and apologize.
0: There was also... The other thing that really rubbed me the wrong way about this is um, their decision to, uh, on multiple occasions, characterize... um, the PS4 and Xbox one as old gen consoles, which
1: was the target platform.
0: That was the target platform. It was the only platform that they were announced on for 90% of the time that you were marketing the fucking product. It wasn't until, like, the last few months before Next Gen, where they were like, there will be a Next Gen version, and it will be free. Right? We remember that story. We remember that conversation. Well, my um, copy
1: says Xbox One on it. doesn't say Xbox Series X. My sister's copy she got for Christmas says PS4 on it. It doesn't say PS5.
0: Also... It's not old gen. Also, um, that's the only version of the game that exists on consoles, right? Like you said... Like I'm playing it on an, on an Xbox Series X. I don't have the Xbox Series X version of the game, which apparently isn't coming until late this year, almost a full year after the game came out, probably. Right? So that's disingenuous for you to be. Like, oh, we were we didn't know about that. That was the problem. It's like, well, if that was the problem, then why aren't the next why aren't the next gen versions that work apparently ready? Why are they not even anywhere close to ready? Yeah, come on, like come on, old gen. Well, I mean, I they think were we... they were current gen until the like two it's, weeks until after the, the month the, of like, release. you also delayed the game how many times? It was supposed to come out before before we even knew what the PS Five looked like. Yeah, <laughs> like well, it was before. meant to come out in April,
1: and like we didn't know what the PS Five looked like until like July, August.
0: It's 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 bullshit it's total bullshit
1: yeah and i think jason's piece really shows why the game was in such trouble apparently they didn't really start developing the game until 2018 or 2016 yeah sorry and up to that point apparently it was a third person game it had war running flying cars car ambushes all of that got cut it got changed to a first person shooter Uh, And he also said, if you're wondering why the police system in Cyberpunk 2077 is so janky, well, it was all done at the last minute, as is evident by the final product. It's unclear to the team why they were trying to make both an RPG and GTA with a fraction of Rockstar's staff.
0: Um, This was another one that I, uh, this was the thing he said, some tidbits that were cut from the piece. Veteran devs from other companies were shocked at CDPR's free-for-all production. One example, if someone needed a shader, they'd make it, with no pipeline in place to determine whether someone had already made one with the same function. So, like, it just speaks to mismanagement, redundancy, you know? uh, And he he made a comparison to BioWare, right? Um, You'll remember anyone who's read uh, his work about Anthem and and it not coming together— um, Anthem's developers talked about, quote, Bio or Magic, an unwavering belief that with enough hard work and crunch, their games would come together. CD Projekt Red was similar. When asked about unrealistic deadlines, directors would say they'd be fine. They made The Witcher 3, after all. Come on, guys.
1: Yeah, it doesn't sit well with me. I think the apology was half-assed. Adam Badowski's response to Jason's article was seems really unprofessional to me. It clearly didn't go through... the the PR person there he just obviously went to Twitter and decided to post this himself.
0: Didn't make an effort to go through the proper channels, could have participated, could have been an interview, could have given a quote. You know, I'm sure Jason would have delayed the publishing of the story if they had agreed to cooperate. Like, you know, Jason's a professional, right? Say what you will about the guy. Like, he's gotten in some beef on Twitter and stuff this year and whatever. He's not perfect. No one is. He's a damn good journalist. He knows how to do his job, and he does his due diligence. If CD Projekt Red had been willing to talk with him, he would have presented both sides of the, the conversation fairly. You can't refuse to cooperate with a journalist's report and then cry foul when it comes out and be like, well, you didn't represent represent our side of it fairly. It's like, well, of course he didn't. You didn't cooperate. And now you can come out after the fact and be like, oh, great read, great job, great reporting. You know, I don't think it was really fair, though. Here's my side of the story. And act like you're getting one up on him and try to discredit the report. Or spin it or not answer any of the hard questions because you're not actually engaging in an interview. You're just responding to the stuff you feel like responding to. It's bullshit. It's bullshit. And it's totally, it's totally unprofessional. You're completely right to characterize it that way. It's like it's totally unprofessional, and it's totally to save face. It's totally a calculated move, yeah. um, rather than actually trying to own up to what you've done, or even like legitimately present your side. Because like the thing is, like, and I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and and not, uh, not represent his side of the story, right? So there are things that he re- responds to that I think are fair, right? Like the the language thing that Jason brought up and saying that he regretted that. There that he says, everyone here speaks English during meetings. Every company wide email and announcement is in English. All that is mandatory. Rule of thumb is to switch to English when there's a person uh, not speaking a given language in casual conversation. It is, however, pretty normal for German speaking German, Poles speaking Polish, spaniard speaking Spanish, etc. There are 44 nationalities at the studio. You get the point. When there's no one else around, we are working in a multicultural environment. If the question is if it's hard to move to another country, sometimes culture, and work and live there, then the answer is yes. But that's universal to every company all over the world, and we're doing what we can to ease that transition. I respect that response. I think that's fair. I 100% respect that response. But that's the only thing of the other – like he only answered two
1: other questions. He didn't address crunch. He didn't address the fact that they pinned all the blame on QA. He didn't address the fact that they released the game in the first place when over
0: 20 people in Jason's article said that they knew it wasn't ready. And And he also also tries to discredit uh, the sources that Jason speaks to. He says, uh, you've talked with 20 people, some being ex-employees, only one of whom is not anonymous. I wouldn't call that quote most of the over 500 people uh, staff openly said what you claim. And like twenty not an insignificant sample size. Um, them being ex-employees doesn't discredit or discount their experiences there. No, and it doesn't. them being anonymous doesn't, discre- d- doesn't discredit or discount their comments. Because of
1: course you'd want to be anonymous, and I trust right. that Bloomberg would be would be doing some due diligence and wouldn't just be publishing something even if they like that. They're not fake sources that Jason made up. And if that's what he's insinuating Bloomberg, by the fact that it's, it's anonymous, I, yeah, I don't, let, I don't get that at all.
0: Let alone the fact that Bloomberg would do that. I also think Jason, like Jason is, and again, I said this before we've said, like Jason's the best journalist working in video games, pretty much bar none, right? Like with, with rare exception in terms of people, I would actually consider his peer. Um, not say that there aren't people doing great work. Uh, but Jason has earned that respect, right? Like, Jason has published so many stories um, that break news, that get to the heart, that get these kinds of stories. And a lot of them are built on anonymous sources because the games yeah. industry is fucking petty. And if you come out and say this shit, you might be blackballed, not get your next job, or struggle to find your next job. And, like, I'm like, sorry? No, that's not a defense. You can't, you can't hide behind the fact that they are remaining anonymous to protect their careers um, because Jason is a journalist of, of merit and, and who has earned trust. So he's allowed to cite anonymous sources, and I take his word that he did his due diligence and proved that it was legit, or he wouldn't publish it.
1: Agreed, which I think is why that response from Adam is just bizarre.
0: It's dissent it? all. Uh, and it.
1: I don't even think Jason said that it was most of the people at the studio said that it was that. I think he said that the source said that most of the people at the studio felt like that. It wasn't that it was like from Jason's perspective that most of the people at the studio it was one of his sources said that most of the people at the studio
0: felt Shared like that. Shared this sentiment.
1: Yeah, and that right. was from multiple sources. Uh, but I also think that they could have come out and responded and said, look, the game on PC might not be perfect, but it got a nung to your Metacritic. It was pretty well received by critics. It runs fine. And yeah, we fucked up when it comes to to consoles and we take the blame for that. And the the QA people did find issues. Um, But we just weren't able to fix them in time. We thought we would, and we weren't able to. And unfortunately, we'd already made all of the marketing decisions. We'd made the decision to print the copies. We made the decision to push the game out. And we couldn't delay it because of X, Y, and Z. And I think if they were open and transparent and said that, a lot of people would have had a lot more respect for them, including me.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Like, I, I would still say, like, you fucked up, you did the wrong thing, but, like, own it. Apologize. Make amends. Move on. That's what you're supposed to do. Then they're not. They're making excuses and not cooperating with reports and then complaining about them. Like, sorry, man. Like, grow up. This is like – this is such a immature way to handle the situation. Um, and like to me, this is just them continuing to burn whatever was left of the goodwill that they built up over the years.
1: Yeah, I, I, I'm – kind of glad I didn't finish this game at this point. I just don't think I ever will go back to it. Unless they do something to really turn it around, I just...
0: I don't know. We'll see. I'm glad I finished it because I don't know that I'll go back to it (laughs) ever. But we'll see. Maybe I'll play the DLC. Uh, All right, so let's jump right into the mail pop before we get into our main topic this week. Uh, This first one comes from our own uh, Mark, who this is a question we've answered before, so we'll do this quickly. He says, what are your favorite moments from a Nintendo presentation, whether it be a direct or not? Yeah, I thought um, we'd,
1: we'd answered this one before, and, and I I think I said before, for me, it was the original Switch reveal, and how insane it was that, you know, he's playing Breath of the Wild on the TV, and he just goes over and picks it up, and it's like, what the fuck?
0: Yeah, uh, I, I think the, the original Switch reveal is definitely a big one, and, like, the big... Um, you know like the the that first trailer and everything and like not seeing any kids and like all of that stuff was definitely like something that um that I, that I think really like struck a chord with me for sure you know um i'm pretty sure my <laughs> my answer then and is now is still uh reggie at 2004 he said, "My name is Reggie. I'm about kicking ass. <laughs> I'm about taking names, and we're about making games." And that, oh yeah, that is just fucking amazing. You know, like that. I'll, I'll never forget that. I'll never forget that moment. And that was the DS reveal. Uh, yeah, I did and, like uh, that. You know, I also
1: liked when Doug Bowser got introduced as well, and especially in the Japanese version, the Japanese where it's like thing. it's like King Cooper. In the <laughs>
0: His name is Bowser. <laughs> this man's name is also Bowser. <laughs> <laughs> because the joke just didn't work. <laughs> it's so funny. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a good one. Uh, yeah, I could name so many more, but that's probably my favorite. Um, okay, so uh, this one comes from Zaid, uh, one of our Patreon supporters. He said, can the Loot Pot Splatoon 2 team make it to Worlds? I think we can. I don't. Like I yeah, we spoke, we can. No, wait. We
1: spoke to Chewie and Chewie was like and we were like, Chewie, are you good enough to to play at the championships? He's like, no. And he He's was like the one carrying
0: the team. <laughs> well we'll go yo look, we gotta train. We train together and we'll get there, you know? Yeah. We just need like a good movie montage We're one, let's get down to business scene from Mulan away from being the best, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Uh, this next one comes from uh, Eddie Road Dog, who says, Speaking of directs, will stealth drop trailers be the new norm for Nintendo in 2021 as the pandemic continues? I do not know if a traditional direct will happen anytime soon. Um, I don't
1: think so, mate, myself. I think directs will continue.
0: Yeah, I I agree with the second part of your statement, though. I don't think they'll come back anytime soon, um, but I do think they will return. Um And again, even
1: if they're just like mini directs or Pokemon directs directs or partner directs
0: indie world showcase, like any of those things, like we've had, we had three directs in December, like, or like in the last couple months, you know, we had a bunch of those partner directs, like we directs are not gone. I don't know why this narrative persists, but they are not gone. Um, Nintendo just hasn't done a big hype one in a while. Uh, So speaking of. Nintendo Directs. Uh, let's jump into our main topic this week, which is the Nintendo Direct that wasn't. This week, we got a significant number of new announcements, new or not necessarily new announcements, but, like, updates on announcements, new trailers, um, and just, like, some hype stuff. Some hype stuff that, like, easily could have made up the bones of a Nintendo Direct. Oh
1: yeah. Um, I mean what was the what was the three D World trailer? It must have rocked in at like ten minutes. At it least. was eight
0: minutes and it had the uh, voiceover from a Nintendo Direct? Like it had it the same It makes like, me
1: feel like there was a direct planned and they just like plucked that it out up. and was just like, Well take
0: that. Thanks. Totally agree. Uh so yeah, so let's start there, right? Um Mario three D World and Bowers Bowser's Fury got uh, a new trailer. And then it got like an they got that like eight minute deep dive uh, where it was like four minutes on on both games. Um, obviously, Super Mario 3D World. It's it's the same great game from the Wii U era with you know online multiplayer. So not really like too much to talk about there. Um, I think the Bowser's Fury stuff is obviously the headline. You know this oh, yeah. is like brand new game. Um, totally different like, camera
1: angle. Like it yeah, doesn't totally look like 3D style. world. Like
0: it's like a 3D. Mario game, you know, and yeah, like and, it seems.
1: And I think it's telling that they're not saying it's part of 3D World, like they're saying it's Mario 3D World and Plus. Bowser's Fury.
0: Yeah, where to me it, it really seems like it's a brand new game. Um, my question is, why are they doing this? Like, why bundle them? Why sell us both of these games as a sixty dollar thing rather than selling them individually? Probably because it's short. Like, I imagine it's it's shorter than a, a proper. 3d Mario yeah. game
1: I think it looks it looks like from the video one big level rather than multiple yeah. things
0: it, it seems like it's like uh like like sunshine almost
1: yeah I, I mean I I'm interested to see what it's uh, what it's all about um but the the camera angle was is, is very very obviously not 3d world's camera angle
0: yeah, yeah. So I mean, like that—that's the thing that's so interesting to me about it. You know, it's like obviously, um, I've never played 3D World. It was a game I missed on Wii U, um, so I'm excited to play that again. It's like a super, super well beloved uh game that is going to be like brand new to me um yeah and like i'm Kingdom so
1: glad they they went into all the details because i hadn't played it either and all of the kooky new like items you can get that like you can pretend mm-hmm. to be a goomba to get through certain areas or there's that one where yeah. you're just like a block <laughs> that's like shooting things it looks so fun i really can't wait to play it and i think i'm probably going to try and play the majority of it couch co-op with macaulay because i think that's going to be a really really fun way to play the game
0: for sure yeah, um, so I, I'm I'm very much looking forward to that, but, like, the Bowser's Fury, like, it being, you know, basically a whole new game, like, a .5 game in a different style, it's, like, man, that's exciting. Like, we're getting a 2D and a 3D Mario, like, at the same time, you know? Nice little twofer. So, I don't know, I'm, I'm excited to see, like, how much there really is, how much meat is on that bone, like, how much content there really is for Bowser's Fury, how long is it going to take you, um... You know, should know, it be
1: fine if it's like two hours? Like, I, I, you know the the real meat of it is 3D world and the fact that you're getting anything new. Because it, rarely when they do these deluxe versions, you get anything new. Like Pikmin, I guess, is the only other example that springs to mind where they added in those prequel stories.
0: Yeah, but even that that was like a much smaller campaign. So like, if it's akin to that, you know, it'll probably be like a two to five hour kind of thing, maybe. Which, which is I cool. I'm not against yeah. that at all. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm really looking forward to that game. It's like right around the corner now. Um, me
1: too. Like as soon as I saw the trailer, cause I was kind of like, Oh, do I want to get it a launch? I went and pre-ordered the game immediately. I was like, this yeah, looks I'm, insane.
0: I'm going to pre-order it as well. Um, yeah. Cause like I'm on my super strict budget now. So like I, I'm literally about to go pre-order like all of the games I'm going to play for the next like few months yeah. and be like, all right, that's my budget. That's it. I hate that this and persona are coming out so close together.
1: It's and what well, and I've and another game's coming to Switch next week that, that just showed up. I know it's well, a cloud edition, but you know. Why don't you say it? Hitman Hitman three, which I don't think anyone saw coming. It was it's just like here's Hitman three on Switch.
0: Like, sure. Okay. And then um, yeah, Print, and it's coming it's PS, coming day it's and cloud. date with other platforms. Yeah. January twentieth. It's cloud version like you said, but uh it's so like I wouldn't play it there, but it's kind of cool that you have the option.
1: Same here. Like I'm I, I'm considering getting this game on Xbox because I do really like Hitman and they kind of always push the consoles as far as they can at I.O.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um oh you know what I forgot to mention this. Uh, before we we get on to uh Persona, um there is also the new Mario themed Switch that's coming out yeah, of which again like, on why... February twelfth. Well,
1: why wasn't this in a direct? Like, all of a sudden, it's just like, oh, and by the way, here's another tweet with a brand new themed console. The first time a, co- a Nintendo Switch console itself has ever been in a color other than black.
0: Yeah, yeah. So if you haven't seen it, um, the actual body of the Switch is red, which is really cool. It looks so cool. Yeah, I, I really want this. Um, and the, I and the Joy-Cons
1: with the, like, sliders that have, like, the, the different thread color. Like the Mario-themed the thread.
0: Like, yeah, it, anybody cool. who watches the YouTube version of the show, like, you can see, like, I have a red theme kind of going in my, my office space, right? Like, I've got these red drawers. I got the, the PlayStation 4 behind me that's red and Spider-Man p- p- painting and stuff. So it's like, I, I like the pops of red in the room and, like, man, a red Switch sock would really look great on my desk.
1: Yes. Yeah. Nice. I love how nice. this is, like, the second time Mario's had a Switch and it's Zelda Mario. still hasn't had one.
0: Of course. He's Mario. He gets a, he gets know, but so where's the Zelda, love? This year.
1: Yeah, hopefully. On, 35th anniversary. The one thing I don't like 30? is that the kickstand's still black. Like, I really yeah. wish they'd have made the kickstand red.
0: Yeah, that's fine. It's not ideal, but I can live with that. Yeah. It's it's still cool. Um, But yeah, so then speaking of uh, Persona, like I said, Persona 5, Strikers coming out right around that same time. It's like a week later. Uh, We got another trailer for that. um, And I don't know what the hell is going on with Atlas, but for like literally both like trailers for this game in the last few months have leaked early. Everyone's like, oh, oh my God. And then it gets taken down and then they put it up again like like an hour later. Yeah,
1: so stupid.
0: It's really stupid. It's just okay. I think they can't get their time zones right. I guess it's just to me. It's it's less that like they've made the same mistake multiple times, but that they bother to be like, no, 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 no we're gonna take it, it down, down. Yeah, yeah. and then just put it out like two hours later. It's like I, we already saw it. It's like eight people already downloaded it, and it's on Twitter. Like, what are you doing? I've seen it already. Put it out. You're just losing views. <laughs> uh, it looks great though. You know, um, I'm really excited for this game. I mean, like. The thing that sucks is I don't like musos. I've said that. I make no bones about it. And the the muso parts of this game still look very muso-y. You yeah. know, there is the added bit of you are kind of doing some of the like Persona 5 battle system in terms of like choosing some of your abilities and you know, it's like familiar stuff like I got the trailer on in the background while while we're talking about it right now and like I see them using like the move like Garu, right? So it's like that's like a wind attack. So like the whole type-based gameplay and everything still seems to be in there which will add a level of depth to it I think um that will hopefully but help I,
1: I think that's only the level of depth that the new Hyrule Warriors did by having all of the different you know um mythical beasts
0: right yeah but but that's the thing right it's like and I said this at the time when we when we streamed that like I was having a fine enough time playing that game but the problem is that I don't care enough about the story right like I you know the, the narrative in Zelda is always kind of a means to an end, whereas with Persona 5, like, this being a direct sequel to Persona 5 uh, that, like, picks up with these characters and continues their story after their story has a finite end in Persona 5, Um, that's interesting enough to me that, like, I'll suffer through the gameplay that I don't really want to play for the cutscenes and the story and the, the dialogue and the character interactions and, like... Seeing this trailer, we actually got some of the story, and, like, you know, I've been intentionally avoiding learning about the story because I want to be surprised by it. Obviously, I could just go look the whole thing up. It's been out for a year in Japan. Um,
1: But this is actually, like,
0: what? Did you
1: ever play any of the other uh, Persona spin-offs?
0: I mean, no. The only Persona game I've ever played is is Royal. So there's the
1: the dancing
0: game that you can play? I mean, that doesn't have, like, story in it, or I would. What about Persona Q2? No, because that's just, like, the same thing in a different style, really. Like, it's not... Again, the fact that... The reason I want to play this is because it's actually new. It's a new story that happens, you know, I think it's, like, a year or so after the events of Persona 5. And, like, the Phantom Thieves reunite, you know? Um, So, and, like, the original voice actors are all back. And the original story team worked on the story. So, it's, like, canon what happens next. So... That's enough for me of, like, I'll play a game that I don't really want to play because I care about the story that much. I care about the characters, you know? So very much excited for that one. Just weeks away. Uh, You know I'm going to be talking about it. You know we'll have a spoiler cast about it. (laughs) Get hyped, Zade. Uh, Cannot wait. Cannot wait. And and you bought that three times, like Zade as well? No, no. I have not even bought it once yet. I will pre-order one copy like a normal person. On Switch? No. PlayStation. No. PS5. No, I don't want it on Switch. I played it on I played the original game on PS4. It's gonna look run better on my PS five. It doesn't look that good on Switch. Like yeah, you can, I can see imagine. it struggling. Like it's nah, No thanks. Um So then the last bit was we got a trailer and an updated release date for Pokemon new Pokemon Snap. Don't know why they won't just call it Pokemon Snap two. Eventually it will not be new. It's a stupid naming convention. Stop. Yeah, doing so, but you hours. know
1: they can't help themselves. Probably the like, 3ds team that worked on the marketing.
0: I guess, like new Super Mario Brothers, which is like twenty years. Oh old now.
1: god, Love yeah. It.
0: Um. Anyway, new Pokemon Snap is coming on April thirtieth. Uh. So uh, soon, not imminent, but it's 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 on the horizon. It's coming up. Um. We know it will have two hundred plus Pokemon. We got a pretty good look at it. Um. There was, you know, it's like work in progress so take everything you see with a grain of salt but there was definitely stuff that was in engine you know they showed um actual gameplay uh which i thought was funny because there were people who were like oh no gameplay and i'm like this is the gameplay this is yeah i kind of
1: thought all of it was gameplay
0: pretty much yeah i mean there there were literal scenes that were like pre-rendered cutscenes that you can imagine they're they're gonna be
1: pre-rendered in the game so right
0: so yeah this is what the game's gonna look like i think for the most part um, yeah, I
1: mean, I don't think it looks incredible, but I don't think it looks bad. But
0: I think it looks really good. Um, I don't think it looks, like, groundbreaking amazing, but it's, like, yeah. it's a significant step up um, from... More on obviously. the N64 version, yeah. No, 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 I mean, like, even from, like, Sword and Shield. I have
1: like no, I, like, I have, I have no real, like, base point for, for what Pokemon should look like, so...
0: Go compare the trailers, like, I, I think yeah. I think it looks better.
1: Um, I'm sure some people already are. The pointing out shadows look bad, and
0: oh my god, yeah, there are the people who assets are, like, are the gr-
1: being reused. I saw some someone who was like, "Look bullshit. at
0: the grass!" Oh my god, look oh, at the grass, god. and I'm like, "Who it cares?" It was the trees
1: before, wasn't it?
0: Shut up! Oh my god! Like, get a better opinion. Like, get a better hot take. Okay.
1: But what? Okay. The hot take I had is that this, this trailer was fucking weird because it had no sound effects. It was bizarre, and I don't it know why crony you didn't think both. it
0: was weird. It's not because it's like every Pokemon trailer. It's I just know. like music and like disembodied dialogue. Yeah, know, but like, and- why? Like, it had like the this,
1: this, the clicky sound from a camera whenever whenever he took a picture, but. There was that thing that like floated up or whatever, the spaceship thing that he's like in. And it made no sound whatsoever. And it was so disorienta- uh, disorientating. And like I said before we started recording, that it reminded me of that Mummy trailer that, that came out <laughs> with, uh, with Tom Cruise that didn't have any sound effects on. And it just had this music and him screaming in an airplane. And that was it. And it really just felt like that, that we have like a music piece over the top, but none of the sound effects.
0: So funny. It's just it's bizarre. Just, it, I think it's just because I'm so used to it that like i didn't even clock it as being abnormal but like imagine oh, watching right. a
1: mario trailer and like he go he runs at coins and it doesn't make a noise well like he jumps and he doesn't go wahoo or
0: it would be weird if that happens they were showing us gameplay with voiceover with no sound effects
1: even yeah, had voiceover side but most of it did have sound effects Mo- most of
0: yeah whatever it's fine i get i get it like sure it's weird I, I just I'm just used to Pokemon's weird idiosyncrasies. I think where I'm yeah. just like, yeah, whatever. Like, because it's like when when you're like, oh, it's like a weird trailer. I'm like, this is ex-, like if you asked me to envision what a Pokemon snap trailer <laughs> it would be, like, into, like it'd be this. It, it was like, yeah, no, they showed it. They showed Pokemon interacting. They showed some of the items. They showed the stuff that you figured would come back. They're like, look, you can be a girl. Okay, great. When's it come out? April. Got it. You gonna show me more? I don't care. I'll buy it.
1: How do you think this is going to interact with the other Pokemon games? Because I think the original had some level of interaction with the other games, right? And Not it also had really. that weird thing where you could go to Blockbuster and get them yeah. printed out. I wonder if they that can have the anything thing. like it that.
0: It didn't really interact with other games, I don't think. Um, but that was the thing: was that you could take your like the like Ram pack yeah. thing. <laughs> And like, go pop it in at a blockbuster and get your your pictures printed, which was fucking awesome. I would love if they would bring back Pokemon Snap kiosks, like at, like for like a limited time or something. That would be so. It doesn't annoying. even
1: need to be a kiosk. I think you you do it through like my Nintendo or something where you. But I want pictures. a kiosk. Yeah, like I
0: want to go to a kiosk. Is the thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, man. I wish. I wish I had one of those. That's like so cool. Like I remember going to the one of my blockbuster all the time and just like thought it was so neat that you could do that. I would love um, to,
1: like, find some kiosks, just in general, like, old video game kiosks. Yeah. Have, like, a GameCube one or something. I or want that so bad. I want, and... I want one of
0: the Game Boy ones. Mm. Uh, have you ever seen, like, the big, it's, like, a life-size Game Boy, and, like, there's a Game Boy in it?
1: Yeah, so that's cool. so cool. Uh,
0: but, yeah, I'm, I'm really stoked for this game. Like, I, I think that it, it could come out and disappoint, don't get me wrong. Um, we haven't seen that much of it. Like, I understand being skeptical, um, but I also feel like it's a really hard game to fuck up it's a pretty simple formula and it seems like they're doing what i want them to do so i'm looking forward to it i hope it comes together um it's interesting because you know we talked last year about how like there was like the least i think i've played my switch since i bought it um and just in the first like 3 months i can already see i'm like oh yeah like i think 3 out of the 4 games i can afford to buy uh for q1 are all going to be nintendo so that's pretty good
1: yeah, 100%. and I, I don't think this is the end of the announcements either. Oh, I do no. think we're going to see more.
0: I hope they slow down, though, because I really, like, my prediction is is it's fucking hanging on by a thread. If they have, like, one more big announcement, I feel like my they stay quiet at the beginning of 2021 is, like, out the fucking window. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah.
1: And I really hope that next announcement is just jam-packed for the uh, third party ports, and then that's another prediction straight out the window.
0: Two for two, yeah. <laughs> don't want that don't want that anyway uh thank you guys for joining us here in another episode of, of uh i don't even know what i was about to say i was like like i was like which podcast am i doing right now like i, I almost just said three different things it's the thank comics
1: past. what's that it's the comics past
0: i almost said that i almost said the, i was like <laughs> the podcast that's right yeah there you go uh th- thank you for joining us here on this podcast that i call the podcast. uh it's been a good one. I, I, clearly, I'm fumbling it at the very end, but I thought this was a great episode. I had a great time. Uh, thank you for, for everybody who wrote into the podcast. Thank you for all of you who support us over on Patreon.com slash Uh Remember, we're going to head into After Dark after this and talk about Steve's bread, um, as well as some other interesting stuff. I've got some updates on my wedding, um, all kinds of good stuff. It's going to be a good one. I hope you go check it out. Uh, it's a buck over on Patreon.com slash Pots um remember write in next week do all the stuff go check out the other content uh come visit us on twitch this thursday where we'll have something to play um and if you have an idea of what you'd like us to play let us know i've got
1: i've got something to play don't cook me out.
0: oh is it time for the randomizers
1: it is all right
0: so you're not gonna want to miss this week it's gonna be a good one (laughs) Uh, so i hope you'll come tune in come check it out come support uh the show however you can wherever you do uh we appreciate you And, um, yeah, we'll catch you next week for another episode of the podcast. Stay safe, stay sane, take care.